Hello and welcome to another episode of 10,000 Hours. I'm Grant Spanier. And I'm Vince Kochi. And we have hit an episode number divisible by 8, that double eight, eight squared. We're talking 64, Vince. And it's a it's a fun one and a big one. A milestone. It always, yeah, it always amazes me how you make every episode number seem like some sort of monumental occasion. Such gravitas, such weight. And every episode is important, Vince. You know what, Grant? I've come around in the short <laughs> few seconds of this intro, and I agree. And we had a really cool guest, uh, someone close to me. He's a friend of mine, and he's a creative inspiration of mine. Yeah. His name is Chad Lewis, and he is an animator and the proprietor of the Tunes channel on YouTube, which has, at this point, almost 300,000 subscribers. It is an animation review platform multimedia platform and we talked about something very interesting which was building a following pertinent vince pertinent i would say so yeah no it was cool and he was super candid we were getting into we're getting into that which is such a weird thing i I, yeah there was like so many different avenues i kind of want to go down when you think when you think about like having such a large audience and what does that mean how do you build it like what does output look like and how how do you keep up with that content doing stuff that you give a shit about etc cetera, etc cetera. and he was like so on point yeah it was a really cool conversation yeah big ups to chad thanks for joining us on the pod and As also, we like yeah, we're calling it the pod now. <laughs> Dude, I'll get into that with, well, I'll, I'll explain later, but I, I've been referring to pod podcasts as pods lately. As uh, opposed to the the more generally accepted well, cast. Like, like, you know, we would say, oh, that was a grep. That was a great episode. We would I, say that. Maybe now I would say that was a good pod. <laughs> that was a good Okay. All right. I'll be on my toes. Speaking of things that are good, I want to give a big shout out to Green Room for sponsoring this uh, episode of the podcast. Green Room, as you may know, is a project near and dear to my heart. Uh, I do some creative direction, a lot of design work. Uh, friend of the show, Jake Heinitz, editor in chief of Green Room, was on the show. I want to say episode eleven. I think you're right. Yeah, I think it was eleven. Uh, and what were we talking about with him? Do you remember? Hustle? <laughs> Hustle? No. I, I honestly couldn't tell you. Yeah, that's fine. Anyway, that, that dude's great, and, and that's a project I, I really give a lot of shits about. And we just released issue four. It's a, it's a printed magazine uh, on actual paper uh, that you can hold in your hands. Uh, so uh, go check it out, greenroommagazine.com. And uh, thanks, Green Room. Yeah, thank you, Green Room. Thank you, Chad, for joining us on an awesome episode. And thank you, listeners, as always. <laughs> it, was, it was a great pod. It was a great pod. I think I like Grap. I just have to be upfront with you. No, cool. Dude, This was, if, if anything, what I've achieved is getting you to come around on Grap. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, the long con. And thank you, listeners, for tuning in. Enjoy episode 64, Building Up Following. It's like you trained your whole life for the championship game, and then they broke your leg just as you were walking out onto the pitch. Just Nancy Kerrigan style. Oh, sweet. So I I start, huh? (laughs) No, no, no. I just was like... Because it was your guest, like, quote-unquote. I was just kind of sitting back a little bit more, and I was like... I was like... Okay, so Vince is going to start the show, but then I was... I was like, but Grant's going to start the show. Which is how I usually... And then I vacillate. (laughs) Unless this was a deep ploy just to dance around it. Oh, the mind games are afoot. We're already... Do you mean to tell me that we're going to use this in the actual episode? Certainly not. There's no way this could make it. Unless we had a a truly marvelous editor. So... Mr. Pat. Thank you, and I'm sorry to Pat. God, I right wish off we had. Bat. I wish we had him in person with us. Like I like some of these podcasts where they just make fun of and just like, engineer Cody. Yeah, engineer Cody. Yeah, like a comedy <laughs> bang bang. They just rip on him. It's fantastic. You know what? I'm going to throw this out there. Maybe someday we should have Pat on the show. Oh please, or at least in the room we can yell at him. Or we can just do a hostful with him along. Oh fuck yeah, that sounds really fun. All right, great. Anyway, Grant, allow me now to take. You want to? Yeah, I'll take the bait. Okay. 
Grant, I'm not going to vacillate like you would, but I'm just going to jump into it because I'm a professional. What are you working on? You were kind of imitating me there for a second. Mm. I did. I tried you to did. do the pipey kind of. <laughs> uh geez well we were just talking about it but uh jamming on some cool stuff some like i don't know how much i can say i probably signed an nda i don't even know but some cool nike stuff <laughs> yeah that's a very cool client yeah it is Honestly, it's fun it's, it's like fun kind of a grail level client right yeah yeah so that's been a cool thing and dude so many projects right now i know it's usually like that but like right now <laughs> no because i've known you a long time yeah <laughs> and i know when you're busy and then i know when you're like capital underlying yeah bold b, b space <laughs> u space s space y yeah yeah but uh so that uh, stuff that stuff got some cool shoots coming up and yeah, dude, I will say a cool thing. I got hit up by an agency recently to potentially direct some, like, a, it's like, I probably wouldn't, well, like, I wouldn't really make anything on it, but I have a production budget, like a good one. And they thought it was small. And I'm like, oh, no, that's enormous. <laughs> so I'm not <laughs> sure. Nice it's it's not certain yet, but it, it seems likely. So that's I'll cool. It's a good, it's a that. good feeling though when, when it comes to you after so long, I'm knocking on doors and windows. Absolutely. When you get that letter in the mail instead of having to steal it off of people's tables. Yeah. So jamming away, man. Uh, what about you, Vin? What are you putting your time into? Uh, well, I've got a little freelance project for someone opening a juice company here. Oh. I think I've mentioned that. Before. A juice head. The, those juice heads <laughs> that are sweeping the nation. Uh, so that'll be nice. Going to be writing for a website and some collateral. Um, other than that, uh, doing these parts, which is the podcast I have with a friend of the show, or at least friend of mine, Elliot Matson. Uh, we're we're doing a really cool thing. Yeah, it's- it is cool. And uh, let's get to our guest. <laughs> enough about your fucking other podcast. <laughs> Um, I know I show this thing. And we're not going to show notes this. I, we're actually not going to show notes this because it's made into the last three show notes. And I, I know this is a deep, this, it has, and, and I, you do the show notes and this is a deep SEO play. I know where your head's at Vince and Elliot probably put you up to this, didn't he? 10,000 hours is just an elaborate ploy. <laughs> no, to, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying you're taking advantage of this rocket ship that is 10,000 hours. <laughs> Okay, okay. I do want to give a quick shout out. I won't talk about the show, but every week we have a guest designer who designs like oh, yeah, apparel I see that. Yeah. for like some fictional thing in the towns we visit, visit quote unquote. Um, and so we've got a lot of really cool designers doing really cool stuff. So you should te- check that out. As I well will say I actually show. did listen to, I think, I'm like three episodes now. The ship Spain, that one was fantastic. Uh, hey, it's a fun. it's a really good show. It's pretty fun. These hey. parts, what is it? These parts dot simplecast.fm. You nailed it. <laughs> Doing right. my job for me. Okay. Thank you, Grant. Sorry about that. Yeah, we're good. We're good. It. We're good, homie. Uh and now I would like to take a very distinct honor because this week How distinct. <laughs> very <laughs> distinct. distinct. Uh we are welcoming a guest who is not only a you know creative inspiration to me, but a close personal friend. Uh we are welcoming the creator, the proprietor of Lootoons, the YouTube animation review channel, Chad Lewis. Thank you so much for joining us. How are you, man? Hey, I'm doing good, Vince. Grant, burr, 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 how, are you doing? how are you guys doing? I'm great, thank you. Yeah, thanks. For a so second, much. I almost like sort of just zoned off and started like working on stuff. I'm like, I'm listening to a podcast, uh, and well, I was just gonna, I was like, gonna say they have on? you were sort of you were sort of doing what I think anyone who has listened to our show does is they turn it on, they either turn it off or they start listening and then completely zone out. And they well, luckily, <laughs> I listened to a podcast called uh, Kevin Pollock Chat Show where he talks with celebrities and. It's kind of expected that they are in, they're present, but not going to speak for the first chunk. Yeah. So I I I, I, I was uh, playing my little role there. I think you played it perfectly, like a maestro. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us, and let me do the honors of asking, what have you been putting your time into recently? <clears throat> um, well, uh, I think sometimes you guys do the uh, the sponsor game. And uh, not sure what your sponsor is this week or if you have one, but I've been working on my website, my personal kind of site uh, on Squarespace. So it's Ooh. been kind of fun. Yeah. Nice, man. I, I build a lot of Squarespace stuff. We a lo- Yeah, I too am building my website slow, <laughs> slowly. And- yeah, it's, I mean, I'm not by any stretch a, you know, code HTML guy. 
So I'm just trying my best to sort of stitch it all together. But, you know, it's been pretty fun and it's been a change of pace for me because normally I'm spending most of my free working hours doing um, YouTube videos and, and all that good stuff. As I mean, of late, I was, I'm currently watching through and nitpicking a bootleg rip-off Aladdin movie. <laughs> listen, oh, listen, on, Chad, listen, Chad, we've all been there. Let's not tread down this, this tired old path of bootleg Aladdin movies. We've talked about it on the cast almost every episode. <laughs> I, I had feared the redundancy of, of the bootleg Aladdin stuff, but and I want to be honest with you guys. Tongue-in-cheek aside, what, can, we, can we ask like what kind of project let's, that's... Let's flop that tongue for. out and let's yeah. just ask... <laughs> what kind of project's the bootleg Aladdin thing? Yeah. Uh, it's basically just like a full-blown overview. Uh, a long time ago, uh, my mom was going out to you know Target or wherever to get my sister and I a copy of Aladdin. You know, back when it was just coming out on VHS tape, and she came home with this strange <laughs> other Aladdin, and, it, and it, my sister and I were super, we were super pissed off, and sent my mom right back to to get the real one. Anyways, <laughs> what, is it? It's not called Aladdin, though, is it? It's called Aladdin, yeah, because it's public domain. That story. Oh, so, it's a right, that's amazing. It. Is it animation? It, must it is, yeah. yeah, and okay. it's it's com- it it came out just one year after the the Disney Aladdin that everyone knows and loves, of course. And it's very, you know, it wants to be that Aladdin, but it's also hilariously bad. <laughs> and I've never done like a full video of commentary on like just one movie but it's so is it all the hilarious. way through yeah yeah well not it's okay. not the full okay. runtime, okay. but okay. just okay. kind of like <laughs> you know it'll probably end up being like a 15 minute video oh wow yeah do you, oh, do you go sorry. do you go so are you just commentating over what you'll play then or what what that'll be on um, the screen or? it won't be live it'll be like uh, side there'll by be side? scripts and you know i'll play like a clip here like for instance the in the final battle i hope you know i'm gonna spoil this for you guys so i hope you're not oh, too mad Oh no! <laughs> for all the people that are waiting to watch the good times uh rip off aladdin movie it's it's spoiler so <laughs> at the end he's fighting with um kasim who's like this version's jafar they're having a sword fight and this is kind of like how the movie ends he uh he they they clash swords Kasim slips and impales himself through the gut uh, on his sword and dies. <laughs> so they have one sword strike total. <laughs> it's pretty. It's pretty gruesome. And um, oh wow, these are the kind of things. I, and there's so many funny things just to comment on. Um, and for anyone who's seen like the style, my style of videos, it's, you're sort of like seeing the clips as well as like kind of scripted dialogue over top, combined with like just really bad jokes. <laughs> so, but this is a perfect segue into, and I'll I'll address the segue by name as is please, custom. please, no, no, no. Let us know how good the segue <laughs> is, and let us know that it's a segue so that we can continue. <laughs> Thank you, Vince. We today are talking about something that's pretty pertinent to the fact that you make videos in a specific kind of medium and style that is led over time to. Uh, I don't. I won't say exactly a niche, but definitely a speciality and a following. And so this week on the show, we're talking about building a following. And as a little context, you, Chad, have a YouTube channel that is expanded kind of to a multimedia platform that has a pretty strong followership, over 250,000 subscribers to your YouTube channel now, right? Yeah, we're actually coming up pretty quick on 300K, which is pretty cool. That is really cool. Just licking the outer edges of the nipple of (laughs) 300K. I'm excited. I'm excited. Just getting to that that bumpy area where it sort of (laughs) starts (laughs) to change. The color's starting to change. (laughs) Just ever so slightly. Yeah, exactly. Um, And so, maybe, (laughs) maybe as a jumping off point... Do you want to describe what your channel and maybe to a, a larger extent your entire kind of Lutoons brand? Yeah, like is, how, how long you've been you doing it? What is it? You yeah, know? exactly. Yeah, yeah, what yeah. the fuck is going on in Lou's world? <laughs> so, and and if you could take a pic of your nip and post it, we'll show notes it. Don't do that. Please. But if you do, it's okay. well. We're talking about the figurative nip, so maybe we're just talking about the nip know. in the abstract. Yes, of course. Um, yeah but just like take a photo of your nipple (laughs) okay okay go on it's something we'll talk about it once we once we pause the uh, broadcast you know (laughs) it's for just for us guys um 
So, yeah, a long time ago, for anyone who's heard of a site called um, Newgrounds.com, is a lot of people just think it's like a hentai site. <laughs> um, <laughs> but there's actually a lot of... And that's like, like Japanese... That's ro- animated right, right. porn? Yes, okay. Sorry, I shouldn't just assume that uh, okay. everyone knows what hentai it doesn't, is. It, it doesn't technically have to be Japanese, does it? Or does um, it? it? Yeah, the oh, implication would be that it's a Japanese <laughs> animated <laughs> porn. <laughs> yeah, okay, okay, okay. Anyways, and there's plenty of that to be found on the site Newgrounds.com, but what it is even more and what it's really, what's really cool for is young aspiring animators, you know, people like me when I was like 13, 14, you know, you're not going to a super prestigious animation school prepping yourself to go work for Pixar. It's just, how can I learn to animate right now and make like just crappy cartoons on the internet? So there was that whole world and I was making animations on there because that's like basically always been my dream. Uh Um, And at one point, I was on there for like probably eight years, long time. Holy shit. Um, Just making weird like cartoons about like stormtroopers and just... I don't know. Anyways, that's not that important. But the important thing is, at one point, a lot of the big animators from that website started migrating over to YouTube. And this is when YouTube started uh, picking up popularity, not as just like a viral video site, but as like a place where you would subscribe to a channel and be like following content creators. Mm -hmm. And so I tried, I migrated over there thinking, oh, I should get, I can get all my cartoons popular over there because they're so funny. (laughs) And... (laughs) And I, I, did, I migrated mindset. all my stuff over, and it didn't end up being like the hit that I had hoped. And weird, yeah, it's crazy. I can't no, but <laughs> so I'm just like, okay, well, you know, I love to do animation, but I'm gonna try my hand at something else and make a video. I know I will get no views, but my strength, like my best strength when it comes to creativity, is more in like the production side and like you know, just really polishing things like video and Mm -hmm. graphics and stuff like that versus actually, I'm not that strong actually when it comes to drawing. So my animations were, had a kind of ceiling to them. Sure. Um, So I migrated over to, and I just like, I'm just going to make a fun little video. And I made like a top 10, um, like countdown of animation. Cause I'm a big fan, obviously of, you know, and Particularly American animation, which had not been, which has not really been covered on YouTube miraculously, because it's mostly like anime. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's not a lot of people that talk about Western animation, and just bizarrely, like that video got way more views than any of my drawn animations. And I was like, wow, well, I like making this stuff better, anyways, and uh, it's more fun. And if people like it more, then that's awesome. And I just kept doing that. And I've been doing that now for like three years. And so. clearly it's done well for you because people respond to it well and you've built a brand about it and on it. And you've built what I would call a pretty strong following in this previously unoccupied space. Um, so when we're talking about, from a creative perspective, building a following, I think it's Really interesting, especially today, not to use the colloquial today as like a, you know. But to? But to, but to actually <laughs> do exactly that. Um, you know, not to sound like a, a textbook, but the importance of social media. Now it's easier than ever to have access to be able to build a following. Right. What I want to know is when you, did you set out, obviously everyone sets out to have people watch and interact and share, right? You, mm-hmm. I mean, you want people to consume your art. To a degree, to a degree, for sure. Every artist wants at least, they don't, even if people hate it, they want it to be consumed. Potentially. Right. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 My, only, my only caveat is like, I don't think everyone sets out to be famous. No. Which no, I, no, no, I just want to make sure that that's not the implication. Yeah. Absolutely. But yes, okay. But in... But certainly, certainly, anybody who considers themselves an artist is, is probably at least on some level wanting someone to consume what they're making. Right. So, exactly. So, my question is, do you, did you know in advance the type of person you were reaching out to with your, ah. with your work? And has that shifted over time or has it gone more or less broad over time? Yeah, that, that's an interesting question because the outreach... In like in the genesis of it, 
was not like even on my mind because I, I already had ingrained in my mind that no one would watch it anyways. Because like there's a lot of people on YouTube that make like top 10 countdowns of video games would be like top 10 Zelda bosses or something like that. Mm-hmm. And um, people love that. I mean, people love video games and people love Zelda. And I was like, I would like to make a video. Like, I would like to make a video in that style, but about something that I am knowledgeable about. And knowing that there was like not a lot of people talking about like American cartoons, I'm like, people are not going to like this. So I wasn't even to the point of being like, who's going to watch this? I was just like, no one. <laughs> but uh, now, it's kind of freeing, th- really. yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's why like it feels good because I kind of moved my animation to YouTube as kind of like a greedy play. Like, oh, I'll, I'll cash in just like all these other animators are. And so that was bad. So it's, it is kind of freeing to have like a weird, like just passion project be the thing that caught on. I've um, got to imagine that's rewarding. Yeah, it's, it's pretty great. I'm, it makes me pretty happy about it. But now that I'm, you know, balls deep into it, for lack of a better term, um, I do recognize like the, the people that are consuming it. And I think that's one of the biggest things because it has two huge groups of consumers and one of those being people like me who are really nostalgic about you know when you talk about thundercats they get excited like oh i remember that it's been so long and even more t- and the 90s kids of course have yeah. the stigma of being the the nostalgic people that they are on the internet <laughs> arguably ruining it to some extent <laughs> but you know the, the 90s nostalgia is strong guys <laughs> So, like, if it's you're talking real. about stuff like, you know, Doug and, yeah. you know, Dexter's Lab, people, like, like to watch that stuff. So, there's that whole nostalgic group of older people that, you know, they like to see that stuff and be reminded of it. And, you know, it was a good time for animation, certainly. So, that's a huge group. But also, there's the group of, like, young kids who are watching mm. cartoons on TV today. And that's a whole, obviously, another huge group. Like, a lot of people don't know that, like, Cartoon Network and Nickelodeon have, like, rivaling ratings to, like, almost anyone on oh, TV. Dude, I, I believe that. And I it's mean, just because they're, they're the only ones doing it. You know what I mean? Yeah. They have a kind of a duopoly on Western animation because mm-hmm. no one else in cable or broadcast is really doing it. No, yeah. Well, and I think the interesting thing, and uh, this is sort of at least the general realm you're in, but like, I think South Park kind of brought this world to the fore in some ways when like the episode they had about like commenters, like people Mm -hmm. commenting on stuff, at least like exposed, I think to a greater degree, people to like this other type of content. Not that all YouTube people are like doing that sort of stuff, but I I think that's like a, a very interesting like thing that, oh, maybe people aren't watching cartoons. Maybe they're watching this stuff. And it's like, I don't know, right. there's, there's just like a totally different realm. But okay, so I had a few diff- a few things here. Um, when you were talking about that stuff, oh, dude, it was totally reminding me of like writing on The Cult, which was Chuck Palahniuk's fan website, which was, I mean, it's the same Ooh. thing. Like you got you went deep on your thing, like on your animation streak, and you just kind of kept following that. Mm-hmm. Um, my question, I guess, like I'm thinking about you sort of following that bliss you're you're kind of it seems like you had a sense of self-awareness going down that and you you continue to but but i'm wondering like promotion versus creation what does that breakdown look like or what did it look like what does it look like as in i think a lot of people get very caught up in the idea of promotion versus yeah. the idea of creation and that's like we can go down that path but what does that look like now what did it look like when you started how's that progressed <clears throat> The thing with promotion is like I've never been great at that aspect. I, you know, my my strength comes in at the production level, and I think a lot of the resonance has come from like um, people just can tell that I enjoy what I'm doing at least. Yeah, and I think that goes a long way. But when you're promoting yourself, um, a lot of my end of that, I mean, my major uh, in college is graphic design. And so, like, I think a lot of that just comes from, like, coherent branding and making it easier for people to know you and to follow you should they want to. Mm-hmm. 
so that's uh, I don't promote myself too much. I mean, when I first started my YouTube channel, I was like feverish. I was on like stumble upon and like making like fake Reddit accounts, posting links to my own videos, just yeah. like, terrible. And that never helped me anyways. But yeah. I think the, you know, putting in all of those just skeezy ways of promotion, like I just mentioned, and that's scratching the surface, putting it just the pure like passion and quality of work was like way better promotion than any of those tactics ever were. <laughs> it's, I mean, I mean really well said. Yeah, it's like so tragically cliche, but so fucking on point. Like I know it really the, is. The truth really is, is sometimes cliche. cliche. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, it isn't. It isn't. I, I feel like people really like. I, I read a really good article that we should show notes uh, on. It was it was somebody like commenting on like blogging on Medium versus not blogging on Medium, mm-hmm. which is interesting to me as someone who like most of the stuff I write, which I haven't written in a while, but I you know I mostly write on there, and it was just like. The thing I appreciated out of it, the biggest true takeaway, even though it, it talked about pros and cons of being, you know, whatever, it's mm-hmm. like it it gets you out of your own way. A lot like what you were talking about before with Squarespace. Like it it gets well it, to some degree with Squarespace, but more with blogging. Like there's so much work, and when people start getting into quote unquote blogging, they go down the rabbit hole of like Copy Blogger or Chris Brogan or like fucking any of these guys who are writing about writing how do and, i maximize my reads yeah how and, do I, and they like, do everything the around the thing without doing the thing and You're, i think they're doing so nothing. many people are doing that so many and when we talk about networking that's what a lot of people are doing is they're networking and i'm like what the fuck are you like networking is fine if but like that's not the terminology i would use as a connect with people but mm-hmm. the problem is they're so caught up in that as like an end instead of like sort of something that facilitates between and and maximizes like actually maximizes. Right. So the way we've kind of broached the subject before on the show, but this is a particularly pertinent time to discuss it. There are kind of two ways it can go. You can be the artist who creates a lot and good stuff and understands what you're making, but doesn't self promote well, or you could be the opposite, really good self promoter content. Not really. You, You think of promotion first, building first, kind of networking first and your content is there. It is very possible to be the first and become successful despite a lack of self-promotion. It's impossible to be the second and have any sort of sustained success, right? So, but there's even a third ooh. that I observe like most commonly. Well, speaking just to YouTube, because people see the you know the YouTube giants, they watch the videos and they think, "Wow, like I would love to do this," and then what they they hatch are these get rich quick kind of deals or like get successful. Quick, oh, totally. However you want to put it on. YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. Like I get these messages all the time and it kind of drives me crazy actually. Cause people just don't seem to realize like Vince, the two like halves of the coin that you uh, talked about are like both possibly people that would be like hard workers at what they want to do. But the, yeah. true, true. there's a group of people that, I'll get these messages. They'll say, Hey, like, Hey man, can you check out my YouTube channel? You know, throw me a couple likes, like likes on YouTube are, are huge because by clicking like you're sending all of your subscribers to go watch that video essentially. So a lot of people don't know why people always say like, go and go and click like, but, um, it's a huge deal on YouTube. But so I'll get messages be like, Hey, can you go and like check out my videos and subscribe and like, and like share them with people. And, I'm not the kind of person who's just like, sorry, peasant, like, <laughs> and just like, like I've, cause I've been there too at yeah. square one and I'll go and look at their channel. They have one video. It's like made that day and that's it. It's just garbage, right? Yeah. I mean, it's there's like, no, it's clear that they try, haven't though. put in time, right? Yeah. J- just at least try. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, I mean, that that's the most frustrating thing, I think. And it's, uh, I think, uh, and in a very similar way, we talk about like getting hit up by somebody to go have coffee or to connect them with somebody or whatever, blah, blah, oh, blah. Yeah. And it's like, it's, I, I try and be very specific about who I would support in those situations because I know how much energy it takes and whatever, that it, selfishly. But then also, like, I... Even okay, even if I broke this down to like what a startup should be doing when it's trying to get investment. When you want when you want to get investment as a startup, when you want people to put money into your thing, um what it should be is it should be investors throwing jet fuel on flames mm-hmm. in, yes. instead of trying to start a fire. It's Amen. Yes. 
So on put point. it on a t-shirt, boys. <laughs> <laughs> but that's really well said, right? Because it is. Yeah. A lot of times, I don't think content creators, or maybe it's just like the mythos or the conversation surrounding content creators, but they don't give their content consumers any credit. Your content consumer understands; they can see how much effort and time you're putting into a project or a platform or anything. Sometimes, mm-hmm. yeah, you have, get the unappreciated artist who's slaving away and just has missed something like trivial and he's just not connecting to the right people. But much more frequently, you have plenty of appropriate channels for distribution and promotion, but people are seeing it immediately understanding that you haven't put in the time. And if you haven't put in the time to make your content, why should I put in the time to consume it? Totally. And then what you're ending up with is these these groups of uh, of folks who... They can make a real badass um, sample video or reel for their Kickstarter campaign, but they don't have anything substantial to really go further on. And that's why, like, you read about all these failure Kickstarters that people are pissed off because they you, they backed it, and now the people are like, "Sorry, we we couldn't finish the game in time, or whatever the product is." This is the irony of people. Like, I think, oh, man, I I think. Something that has very much driven a lot of shit I've worked on and continue to work on is like seeing the end of the line as in like I've had coffee with so many people, so many fucking people like something that something that's generally driven me away from advertising was spending a lot of time with advertising people who were like a lot further down the line than I was. And it was like Mm -hmm. they they were like kind of not happy and they were all seeking something else. And it's like. Oh wow. Okay. So what's the furthest extension of this thing? You know, it, I think a lot of people get started in any direction on any path because of someone. Like, for example, I'm sure there are a lot of people who have started making videos because of you. But like think of like <laughs> if you put yourself in that equation, are you happy doing that thing that that person is doing? And I feel like a lot of people like don't think about that. And that is like like, that's the only thing that's real, ultimately, you know? I mean, I think, Chad, you hit the nail on the head when you said people can feel the passion and the affinity you have for your the things that you make. Yeah. Like, it. that's why people like it. Just as much as the quality of the content is that you can kind of feel along with the creator the joy that went into it. And it sounds maybe a little soft and schmaltzy, but it's it's true, right? If you, yeah. put, if you put love and dedication and sort of know-how into the thing that you make, it's going to reflect. And no doubt our editor will have added in some delightful love heart noises, sort of like uh, birds oh, no. chirping, maybe. maybe this is some... a troubling trend because a few <laughs> weeks ago, our, for the first time ever, our editor actually put in an amazing sound effect. And destroyed it, yeah. And now I fear that Grant will forever have him chasing that heroin oh, high of one of them. His, his you gotta love effect. stuff, though, like podcasts or videos where someone's like, okay, and the editor's gonna put in a thing right here, and then it's just like, bloop. And, like, sometimes the personalities will have the control of the editor and the trust that that thing is gonna happen, and sometimes it just doesn't happen. They're like, okay, so if it didn't happen... That our, our editor was pressed for time. <laughs> until until two weeks ago, that was us. But now we're the first one, I guess. Well, hold on. I mean, we can still... This is this is kind of connecting back to what we were talking about before. I, this might have been off air, but we were talking about spoilers. And it's like, this create... But really, this is the context builder. This creates space for those actual edit moments to flourish. Because I, I'm assuming Pat hasn't done it. I'm assuming Pat has not dropped in and that delightful noise. And now we're post-text. Now yes. we are, the context is post-occurrence. So mm. you're getting to witness, you're getting to digest us experiencing the unknown. That's pretty You know, powerful. for me, though, I actually, <laughs> I really enjoyed that sound effect. I mean, it was there, and everyone's already heard it. Oh, okay, I get it. <laughs> you set, I get what set that the stage. <laughs> so we've been talking so far about kind of a, a micro-focused version of this idea is yeah. that we're talking literally about how, Chad, you built your following on yeah. YouTube and your other various channels. But it's got applications in the abstract to creative and your products, right? And it comes with cultivating a style and an aesthetic and a brand, right? Building a personal brand even is about building a potential following. I would be curious, what kind of approach, if any dedicated approach, have you took 
Taken. Wow. They pay me to write. Taken. Taken to creating your brand, Chad. And how would you describe your personal brand? Um, For me, I mean, it's sort of vain, but you kind of have, if I can put it in terms of like other YouTubers, there's some people that would do something similar to me, say they review, you know, for instance, a, a video I was just watching before we began speaking about Game of Thrones was a guy who talks about Game of Thrones theories about characters, you know, plot lines to come, this and that and the other, who has opted to brand himself with a logo and not appear on camera, this and that and the other, which ah. is perfectly fine. Um, I've opted into the more, you know, vain route of putting my face on everything. <laughs> <laughs> or, or the more identifiable, yeah. I mean, well, yes, route, yes. Right? That uh, that's exactly what I was just gonna say. And to me, I feel like because I'm there's this there's this um there's this uh, company slash YouTube channel called Watch Mojo. I'm sure you guys. Have well, stumbled I, I was across. gonna reference them before. Like, I love Watch Mojo. <laughs> They've been like, shown out. Yeah, I'm, I'm a huge actually. I'm a huge cinephile. So like, they're I've watched probably. A hundred of their right, right. I yeah. mean, everyone has who stumbled across it, okay. and I've well. watched plenty of their videos because you kind of just—it's so easy. I mean, uh, they're one of the precedents for how I started my channel. However, it, personally, I get like a little bit. I think it's more interesting um, if I talk about a channel, um, someone like John Tron, who's like a really giant um, video game YouTube guy who also does countdowns, and I would prefer someone like him to watch Mojo, for instance. Because of the fact that he appears on camera, offers his own opinions, yeah. jokes, you know, just goofball humor, stuff like that. And that has always been more appealing to me, which is why I decided to go in that direction. Whereas someone like Watch Mojo, where, you know, the production value is second to none, you know, their fact checking is on point. You, you can't question what they've done in terms of um, just binge watching those videos and just raking in crazy amounts of views. That's true. And, but for me, I do kind of feel like I'm like, this is kind of made by a company. And while I can sit yeah. and watch six of your videos in a row. It's faceless. I do enjoy like the, the point of view of a person. My, my relationship there is with, is not honestly really, it's sort of with Mo- Watch Mojo, but it's mostly just with like that style of content. And like that could right. be from anyone. So I think that is like really, really yeah. on point. And I will say very self-aware. I think that a lot of what you're talking about like echoes that. Is like you, you kind of know where you're coming from. You have a sense of that. And I think that guides, it seems, like a lot of what you do. Yeah. And I mean, if you want to make lists on the internet, you have to learn to accept hate. Because if you want to say, this is the top best things of yeah. this genre. <laughs> and then you say, this is the number one best thing. There's infinite amounts of people who are going to hate the fact of what uh, that you said this thing was number one when uh, the thing they love sh- they you. think should be number one. <laughs> and so, yeah, you, so you have to kind of accept that. And I think from a, when you go from a personal standpoint, it's easier to just be like, this is my opinion yeah. about, about that. And, you know, you're free to agree or disagree with it. So this inspires in me a pair of questions. The first one is Ooh. my favorite thing to talk about on the show, even when it's in, not appropriate, not applicable, is haters <laughs> But in this case, it's actually applicable because with every following, there's sort of an anti-following. And this is members of your followership who are critical or negative and the more general sphere of people who are put off by your content. I would like to maybe hear if you have any, like specific experiences with this or kind of an overall approach to how you deal with criticism or the parts of your community who are maybe not as supportive. Yeah, I mean, any uh, person on YouTube with like a, you know, a decent number of subscribers or viewers will will be subjected to the occasional hater. And I think I I have a kind of um I have a kind of opposite opinion to a lot of people on when it comes to this actually. Oh. Like um a lot of people just say like just ignore the haters, like haters are going to hate <laughs> and just ignore them. But it's like this is the thing. You guys ever watched a YouTube video and just be like, you want to say like, you know, personally, I think this thing was better, whatever. 
you're not a hater. You're just like putting a comment in. And I think when people see an opposing opinion to mm. theirs, they go like, you're a hater. But they don't hate you. They're just like typing a comment in. They're not like people think there's trolls. I mean, and there, there are some. But people, I think they imagine these trolls that are just at their keyboards, you know, the keyboard warriors, like that are just sitting at their computer going. <laughs> but, you know, the majority of people that have a differing opinion to you in the comments section are not trolls or haters. They're just normal people like you just typing in a comment. But when you only see that faceless, cold looking comment. It can hurt your feelings more than what that person ever meant to, to do. And once I started like looking at it that way, I, I became like invulnerable to like anything anyone would ever say. It's like, yo, it's everyone's on the right. internet. Everyone's on the internet typing up stuff and people are going to have differing opinions. And I feel like the value of that too is that like, I mean, man, you're actually like flipping my script a little, a little bit, <laughs> but it's like, there's no fucking... It's, it's so black or white because of that, because of that cop mm-hmm. out to be like, oh, no, no, you're on the other side. Oh, fuck you. Oh, I don't want to hear it. And it's like, oh, what happened to dialogue? Like, they're like, especially when you're back, when you're like sitting with people, it's easier to be back and forth because like, I think there's just more baked in humanity. That's, yeah. that's pretty on point. I will like, obviously there are degrees where it's like, I think we could probably agree someone becomes a hater, but right. it's just like clearly malicious and shitty. And I should say, you know, maybe I've been lucky enough to not have, like, you know, haters. And maybe some people have, like, really bad haters. But I I don't get that much negativity aside from just, like, strong disagreements, which is I'm completely fine with. Yeah, that's cool. But, like, the thing is, like... As long as you're not a dick, like, we're cool. (laughs) The video I just posted, um, I talk a lot about this show um, called Gravity Falls, which is, like, I always describe it as, like, an animated comedy version of the x-files just for people who don't know it huh. um and it's great if you don't watch it you should definitely jump on board it's like sounds cool next level um so i made a video and i had like a fact off right so of course you hear about it in the comments and the fact was like super small like unimportant and so i had of course you hear about it in the comments and i just feel like it's so easy to just like either block the comments delete them uh respond back just being like F you hater. But I just like commented on my own video and I just said like I acknowledged that I made a mistake and I just wished I, I, I like said like I, I hope you guys enjoy the video all the same, you know, yeah. just a guy just like you guys and people responded great to it. So yeah. instead of like just dwelling on the negative side of it, people like appreciated the fact that I was just like I made a mistake and that's so just fine. I think this is like this is pretty crucial to the point that I was kind of driving at is that it's easy and sometimes, frankly, it's even necessary to be a prolific content producer to block out kind of wholesale negativity because it's easy as a human being to obsess about the negative and it can mm-hmm. really hamper your ability to create and be positive. That said, the people who are commenting negatively on the things that you make are people who still consumed your content. For right, better you still or made worse, money off them. <laughs> they, well, yeah, and even even less cynically, they, they took a, they invested their time into participating in what you're making. Yeah. So, to an extent, they want to interact with you. Mm-hmm. And yeah. extending that olive branch is such a huge underrated, I think, part of building a following is what we're talking about today. That. I think sometimes gets too easily brushed over that. Yes. Ignore the haters is good advice. A lot of times I sincerely believe that, but if you can spare the willpower to understand, like you seem to and address the haters and say like, Hey, you know, maybe, I don't know. I understand where you're coming from at least. Yeah. And uh, it can go a long way to accept the other side and, and fucking a dialogue, man. Um, I will say when I, what, what I was thinking about when we were talking about, there was like the, like just the volume I think any prolific creator starts to put out a volume of work, which frankly is oftentimes how one actually builds a following and how one actually gets better, et cetera, et cetera. Commitment, yeah. Mm-hmm. But like what I was thinking about here and what I wrote down was uh, it's like volume and that leads to a distribution of fucks given. And like right. you, you give pretty similar amounts of fucks to each project. I mean, it's just like you're passion fueled. Like that's how you're moving. But right. I think your distribution of fucks given generally over the uh, the dispersed projects kind of drops. Like, 
it's there, but I feel like that's one way almost man, to protect yourself. I don't know if that's the right, I mean, I don't, there, there are different approaches, I think, to sure. like interacting with audience yeah. and like putting stuff out there. But at least I think for me, I'm like, uh, I just like don't have the energy to, or, or yeah. I, yeah, I don't know. I'm just like, I'd rather distribute I've created it. I, it took a lot of energy to create it. I don't have the energy left <laughs> to defend it. Yeah, it's I'll, out I'll, there. I'll leave it there. <laughs> yeah, what yeah, people I think mean, about it, they think about it. I should at least note, you know, I do, I am aware that there are like legitimate like trolls and like mean people. Like I've had countless amounts of like very malicious comments and you know. But that distribution is kind of, right? You're just kind of like, meh. Right, right. It's it's almost like the, or the high low of like any sort of feedback. You just kind of push out the super high praise. You push out the super low praise and you kind of take what's in the middle. For me, like it, the main thing I take from like really mean and or malicious comments is just a worry for anyone else that's on YouTube that hmm. isn't able to live with that kind of stuff. I mean, yeah. some. I mean, I could imagine people really getting their feelings hurt on on the internet. <laughs> well, I, mean, I mean, it's a tough place. It's a tough. Uh, yeah, it's a cruel place. It's a cold place. Um, that said, I think part of building a following is understanding what to listen to um in that vein i wanted to get to at least one more quick question um you mentioned much earlier in the episode that you had two kind of spheres of people that consume your content in the most the highest amount of quantity one mm-hmm. of them was people like you who are nostalgic for the animation both the style and the conversation of their youth and that is a demographic i think that you are a part of and can easily relate to. Right. But the other one is people who are watching animation now for the first time, younger people. My question to you would be, how do you connect, understand, and interact with Mm. that specific demographic that you can't kind of inertly relate to? Right. And, you know, that's been one of my areas of, of criticism because like I said, I didn't expect anyone to watch my videos in the first place. So, you know, the videos uh, originally were very crass and feature like drinking and just like yelling and stuff. (laughs) Sounds familiar to our show. But if, you know, the internet, it's the internet. And I did, I did end up cutting out swearing for my videos just based, just for like, a bit of a bet of a larger appeal, but yeah, there is a, you know, it is a lot easier for me to connect with those viewers that are, you know, from my sphere, as you said, uh, for, as opposed to the other one. But I think the thing that has been really cool is like, you do kind of get like that facelessness of the internet. And I make a point to re- reply to a lot of commenters and, you know, I don't necessarily always know how old the people are that are talking to me or, who they are, where they're from or anything. So I kind of just get to connect with everyone on like a general basis, which is kind of cool. Um, But a comment that I get a lot or like a message or something would be like, Oh wow. Like, you know, um, either from like a parent or like a younger kid will be like, I never would have watched, you know, I never would have gone back and watched GI Joe if you didn't talk about it. Or like, I never would have shown my kids, you know, like Powerpuff Girls if you didn't like rave about it. And I think that's like the b- absolute best thing that you could, that I could ever hear. It's like my favorite comment to get. And like, I think that's like the way that I most, I most would like to be able to connect with the younger viewers just by, you know, helping them to appreciate some of the stuff that's huh. gone past. Sh- as well showing as them the light to, to some of those old treasures. Exactly. And I, try to like not be too much of like a butthurt 90s kid because I do watch and fanboy out about a lot of what's currently airing so I kind of fancy myself a little bit of like someone who spanned that whole time and never been like just a fan of this 90s or just the 2000s or anything like that Um, so I think that's kind of my best way of (laughs) you seem like a fan in general I mean which is like kind of cool I I think I don't know man I I feel like there are a lot of people who who for better for worse like don't become fans of stuff and i think that i'm i know i'm speaking generally but like i'm just saying on a, on a big level life-wise i think people get really caught up in not being fans of 
anything. And ultimately right. that leads to not being fans of life. And it just really bleeds through. I, I think it's critique just super is obvious. so right? much easier to make and create and critique is in some ways easier to consume. So mm-hmm. you get a lot of people who are cynics and, you know, down on things. And it's like, be a fan, right? Fuck man. Yeah. Just be a fan. It's like, like That's the one thing, the to. one thing we can agree on of all of the things we consume is that like we're consuming life. <laughs> right. So, so at least be a fan of that thing and then maybe get into the sub sub genres and the niches, uh, you know, and you can criticize there, but like, Ultimately, I feel like be a fan. Oh, totally, Vince. I mean, you're totally right too. Like, it, one of the most requested things I get to make a video about is like I do a lot of like top ten this that this that and the other. But a lot of people are like, do the top ten worst. Like, who are the top ten worst characters? What are the top ten worst shows? And it's like I, I don't want to talk about what the worst shows. The worst shows are the worst shows, and I would rather praise things and introduce people to things than just dwell on how shitty some some shows are. Yeah. That's that in and of itself, even just taken in the abstract, is pretty profound. And let's flip that completely. Let's bleed any profoundness from the conversation immediately. We're talking about consumption, aren't we? Would you say that's true, Grant? It's yeah, yeah. You know what? Yeah, we are. Would you talk? We're, we're talking about things that kind of build and stick. They they stick to each other in a following. They stick to an idea. Are we talking about? We're that, chewing Grant? it. Yeah, we're chewing a little bit. Mm, we're chewing on some ideas, would you say? <laughs> uh, so every week we like to take a break from the topic at hand to talk about something completely uh, unrelated. And this week, our off-topic topic is gum. Oh, baby. Chad, oh, that's, Chad, what we, that's what we like to hear. That sounds encouraging. Chad, do you like gum? I do like gum. I got a pack of uh, gum from my... Lyft driver the other night, which mm. I don't normally get from Uber drivers. Not not trying to pimp anyone out or anything, but whoa! Did we just get a final way? But use Uber? the I code Chatty Daddy One <laughs> when you get in your next Lyft. No, but uh, yeah, I got a pack of gum the other night, and I, I felt pretty good. It made me happy. <laughs> Do, Do you, you typically buy gum? Uh, I don't. Do you, I don't. So you no. only get but it from I, your I love, like, drivers. I really like it. Like, if someone's like, "You want a piece of gum?" Like, oh yeah. I'm all about it. There's like, I feel like it's a weird commodity where if you, it's kind of like ordering waters at, at a table at a restaurant. If one person orders the, the waiter or waitress sort of just like stops and is like, and kind of waits for one other person, or they just go like all the way to it and just go, all right, yeah, I'll just bring water for everybody. Cause it's like a deluge. Right. It's like the, the gates are open. If one person is getting gum, if there's a gum transaction, even if it's person A to person A eating their own gum. The gazelle ears just lift up. <laughs> it's assumed that everyone's getting gum. Do you prefer fruit flavored or mint flavored? <laughs> I just want to touch though on something that I'm just. I th- it's back to the table of waters analogy. Don't you just love the uh, scenario of like five you, people at a table? You really table. jumped past that one, Vince. That first, was a real fuck you to me. <laughs> first, guy, first guy's like, I'll grab a beer, whatever. Second person's like, I'll grab a beer. Third person's like, I'll grab a beer. Fourth person's like, I'll grab a beer and a water. And a water. And then it it rotates back and it's like. You just better just bring us all water. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and she like steps one foot away, and the third person goes, I'm have water. And then she says two feet away. Yeah. Waters! Anyway, screaming I just, water. I love that exchange. The, the I, familiar exchange. I love the great. person who doesn't want water. Like, who who is so adamant in the fact that they don't want one more glass on the table that they will specifically decline water? I've been that person. I pull my camel back out, and I go, Really? I have really? my own. <laughs> I have water that I can. Do you hate the environment? Sauce. Looks like you might. I feel like gum. Gum has to be like the like. It's got to be fucking horrible for the environment, it's right? It's the worst consumable commodity for the environment. It stays in our stomach for 112 we years. We s- and birds probably die from eating it. They do, I certainly. So. I think... But no, no. Okay, wait, wait. That, this was an urban myth, right? An urban legend that it stays in your stomach for seven years. But it passes through in the same amount of time as a normal digestive process. But what but it's through mothers, is, it's the only consumable that you spit out and it stays in the world. Isn't that weird? Yeah, there are fucking like what? They're just gum walls and gum. Like, even <laughs> yeah. cigarettes burn up mostly. Like what a joke! Gum is in its entirety spat back into the world. It's sort of beautiful, mm. or is it horrible? Grant? It's horrible. So, I what mean, would you be your guys' go-to gums? 
See, this is a good question. I love gum. Yeah. Uh, I prefer mints to gum, but we're not talking about mints on the show today. We're talking about gum. Um, so my favorite mint is not probably... <laughs> <laughs> what I love about gums is there's always... It's not like candy. There's like this tried and true candies. I mean, there's like deviations. It's like, now it's Butterfinger Minis, but it's always just Butterfinger. Gums are always changing. There's always fucking new gums. Yeah. It's like... Tried and layers. Yeah, it's... Well, even like new totally new brands of gum like stride or five it's these sexy black sleek metallic packaging it's like these commercials are insane with like people laying in like production valleys yeah like what the fuck it's hyper commercial it's hyper commercial it's kind of awesome i know it's like it is as someone who has sort of a love hate fetish with advertising being in it yeah it is like the pinnacle it's the most useless commodity there is to sell. Yes, yeah, because seriously. you don't even eat it. You don't even get caloric value. Oh my god! Like you, you don't literally even chew it up and spit it out. Exactly. It is <laughs> a fucking like a, the. It pinnacle. is the epitome of advertising of consumerism. <laughs> exactly, and the the industry has. Oh my god! In the fleeting in. fucking like ephemerality of the taste, right? <laughs> it leaves your t- the, the taste is gone within ten minutes. A couple good minutes there. Oh my god! It is. It's literally perfect. And what I love most about gum is that the industry has bought into it and has created a completely indulgent fucking advertising communications market around it. Yeah. Nobody pays me in Trident layers. Like, what the fuck is that? That was a huge campaign. Millions. I've made a whole cartoon about that Trident Layers commercial where, like, some guy tried to pay his babysitter in Trident Layers and she took out, like, a bazooka and shot him. Perfect. Classic. (laughs) That's high comedy. I've referenced several times to clients, like, when we're talking about, like, putting, like, a smile ding on something in orbits. Like, oh, you know what the orbits adds. True. And, like, and people, like, it makes sense to, to advertise food or even candy, but gum is just so indulgent. I love it. Um, Wow. And even though I don't, I don't actually purchase it that much. I do. I really enjoy gum. I don't. You know what my favorite gum is? Yeah. What's that? The gum from the inside of the blue raspberry blow pop. <laughs> Ooh, respect, so good. Wow. So good. I don't like bringing the gums, heat. Like oh my, my god, gum. those are. I mean, well, I don't know though. Here's my here's my issue. Like, I. I have like a huge issue with just like chomping on shit. So like I destroy suckers. Like, but when I when I one shot when I consciously like sit and enjoy it, I think much like my life when I'm present and and sucking on it. It's honestly seriously better. Like I think so. So I guess my you instantly bite the sucker, dude. If basically, I, if, he basically does. I'm uh, my my like my automatic sense is to just like fucking move forward and consume and destroy whatever is in front of me. And so if I'm not looking right at the sucker, like I will just demolish it. I (laughs) demolish it. But no, no. So I guess when I'm thinking about suckers, I'm more about like a Tootsie Pop because it's like just in case I do, I feel like I'm still just eating. Swallow it, stick and all. It's like Uh, at least supposed to be. Dude, there's nothing. I One of the worst feelings is just swallowing. Like, chomping into a blow pop and then swallowing the gum and it just feels like wrong on so many levels and they're just like shame how about Jeez. that it's reminding me of that like so picture <laughs> of the people who have the oh fuck what's it called where you have the it's in a, like a little dispenser that looks like a tape measure bubble tape. bubble tape oh yeah bubble tape and they take it out and then they chomp into oh, it. Oh, so into aggressive. the side. Yes, and take a big old fucking bite out of the coil. You seen someone do that? Yes, and I've seen it. <laughs> Images on, of it on the, on, inter- on, YouTube, on the interwebs. On YouTube is where he saw it. Are you sure that's not just posted as a picture on the internet just to annoy people? I cannot be. imagine a real human being be like, thank you for this bubble tape. Let me just eat a piece. No, I saw Oh, that, oh I saw really? Denizen of the internet, Chad, you can't imagine that someone would do something that bizarre? <laughs> I don't believe you. <laughs> I saw it happen in Little League back in the day. Yeah. Um, oh, man, they should have got Big League Chew. That was pretty sweet. I love that man back in the day. That was the jam. See, I actually don't like bubble gum though, as a rule. I like I like minty gums. I don't like Uh, getting a little utility out of it. I mostly am that now. Like we're adults, right? We can't really eat bubble gum. Yeah. Well, I mean, I've heard some of the kids to get the max value, they'll put in their butts and. uh, (laughs) Oh, like butt chug, like the trend from a couple years ago. Butt (laughs) bubbles. That's how they're eating the gun these days. <laughs> Directly infusing it. Yeah. Underwear well, full of big league chew. 
We managed to hit a new low on every show. And Rectal so, infusion, nice. Or a new high. I don't know, man. I heard, I heard these kids are getting crazy high off this bubble tape. In the I butt. hear the kids in the suburbs. They're the ones. They have too much time on their hands. Bubble butt. Bubble butt. Bubble butt. Bubble, like a little Where do you think that song came paprika from? paprika. And, uh, and just line little, your anus. A little vodka. Blend it up. Straight up. If you're of age. <laughs> okay. Of course. <gasps> And if our editor is truly paying attention to oh this God, episode, no. he'll drop in a sample of bubble butt, bubble 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 butt, bubble butt, bubble 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 butt, bubble butt, I hope you keep listening, and I hope you enjoy the show. Oh, wait, no, he actually just did indicate that <laughs> comment okay. and what I'm now saying. All right. We're, uh, I, mean, I hadn't heard that song, but I kind of liked it. I'm going to look it up. The meta episode is real. <laughs> we're as beginning to descend, so I will do... That was a good gum discussion, though, actually. We, like, went in and we came back out. It was, like, pretty... We get, we went deep on, like, why gum is cool, and we came back. Yeah, man. Go in, come out, go in, good. come out, go in, come out until you're done, and then... Then we have a show. Then a cigarette. <laughs> then a cigarette. Yeah. And indeed. a stick of gum. If you're of age, again, I want to <laughs> reiterate. Uh, so, we are going to jump back in into a section we call Last Thoughts. And every... Let's pop the bubble on that off-topic topic. Ooh. Hey. Nice. Good work, dude. Delicious pun. Stop! <laughs> Stop acknowledging it! <laughs> Just do it! And then go on! <laughs> Uh, we like to wrap the show the same way every week, and that's by asking our guests if they'd be so kind to answer two questions for us. The first question we have is a simple one. How can our listeners support you? The second question, and you can just answer these in order, uh, if you would want our listeners to take one thing away from your time on the episode, what would that be? Easy. Um well, just first, support wait. me. Yes. Okay. Bye. Right. <laughs> support me by just going to uh, just type Lou Tunes into Google, go to the YouTube channel, and just watch all of the videos. Every and if you enjoy them, you can uh, subscribe and like them because likes yeah. are important on YouTube. Yep. Likes are important. Yeah. That's what I learned today is that likes are important on YouTube. I just and it, um, the... what can you take away? Um, just that the gum inside of the blue raspberry blow pops is so delicious. So if you delicious. haven't tried it, <laughs> if you please. haven't tried it, oh, okay. man, how am I supposed to live? How am I supposed to live up to that? Look, if you haven't tried it, then just try it. Try it. <laughs> you tried. <laughs> hey, man. Here's the thing, though. I, I think. I think. Okay, you, you've got. You've got some personality. You've got some pizzazz. And I think that's inspiring on its own. But I think what you're not saying, what I think people can learn from you, is like fucking lean into the stuff you're interested in. Go down that path and realize, slash like almost acknowledge that eh, audience might not come. Kind of doesn't matter. It it does on certain levels, especially if you're trying to support yourself as an artist, quote unquote, or, what, or whatever. But like, it's so obvious when you're faking it. And when you're doing it uh, from uh, from a real place, it's fucking. It feels good for everybody involved. And I, I think you know Vince and I. Something we we I think share about what we're doing here is like the motivation for us to do this is that we're doing it, and that's awesome. Right. It's it's not about gratification or validation from external sources, which can be good, which can be a part of the process. But I think it's just like start out at least doing stuff that for the act of it is worth it i mean you hit the nail on the head i think as ironic as it is we're talking about building a following today but the most important thing i think you said in the entire episode chad was at the very beginning when you said you didn't think anyone was gonna watch your video but you made it anyway and so through that the entire spirit of the idea is embodied you're making content because you wanted to make content the consumers came, and now in time, you've kind of grown and evolved with them and catered to them in a way, but the passion and the underlying drive is still there. And that, more than anything, is how you build a following. Fuck yeah. Bingo. High fives over here. We had- I said that first, and it was all downhill. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I, I actually exactly. had motion to Vince early on. I was like, should we cut it? Yeah, we, cut we it, we're good. cut it at <laughs> six minutes. We got what we need. <laughs> Uh, man. Chad, thank you so much 
for joining us. It was a real pleasure, at least for me personally and for as a host of the show. It was a great episode. And it was even time. more of a pleasure for me, Chad. I got to say, uh, just as... <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, okay. Okay. It, well, no, that, this is part of our... <laughs> this is now the subcast. We get into the heightening, was it? Or... Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. the, el- the perpetual elevation of the... Perpetual human. elevation. Oh, right, right. Yeah. And now the show never ends, actually. <laughs> yeah. That. It was um, great to be here, guys. I thought we could now talk about, you know, some uh, just... Just tons of hentai. other topics. Because <laughs> we saw the three. Let's get back into hentai. hentai. We didn't really approach that. We really that. just scratched the barest surface of hentai. Yeah, if um, you guys want me to talk about, I could do. Let's do like talk about some of the top three hentai sites <laughs> and some of the easiest ways Look to get for some that, of that on Lutunes. Uh, Before we get removed from iTunes, um, <laughs> I'm going to ask one more favor of you, Chad. We like to wrap the show, literally wrap it this time, by kind of getting our guests to say our mantra. You know, echo literally rap like a like literally like a rapper rap like. Hey. Well, I said rap it before, but it, we still had. Oh, more actually, show, rap it. Yeah. Okay. 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 I'm not correcting. I was just clarifying. But you were right, and I was wrong. To be to be completely honest, if, if people are keeping track of it, <laughs> uh, Chad, we ask our guests to say our customary ship it, and that kind of ends the show. So if you could, in your own way, just whenever you feel comfortable. Give us a ship it. No rush. Take your time. Some guests have taken as long as nine or twelve minutes to just sort of build up wow. that energy. Just sort of feel it. I'm gonna go on the low end, I think. Uh, from the nine and twelve minutes, but I'll try my best. Guys, we've had a great time today. But now it's time to wrap it up, much like you would wrap a piece of gum. And with that, ship it. <laughs>